Hello, and um, welcome to Positive Psych for Positive Change. Um, I'm Allison Craig, and today I'm just going to be talking a little bit about happiness and the good life and kind of what that means to me and how and what it can mean to others. So the first thing that I kind of want to talk about is what the good life is. And the good life and happiness are both are, are very closely related. They're both, you know, kind of synonymous with each other in the way that a lot of people think about happiness as the thought of the good life. So kind of the freedom from suffering, you want to be flourishing, you want to have um, a lot of prosperity and pleasure in your life and just have like a general good well-being and be feel a lot of joy. Um, and it's kind of like when people think of the American dream, they also kind of relate this idea to it because the American dream is kind of this promise of here, come to America, you will get a good life, you know, you'll have the work, the house, the family, if you'd like, that kind of stuff. And so I just kind of want to go into a little bit more of like, what is happiness and how do people view happiness and how can they kind of achieve it for themselves? And first, I really want to acknowledge the fact that I'm not at all saying that be positive and you'll be happy and anything like that. I'll talk a little bit about that later, um, about different emotions, but it's important to acknowledge that some, like happiness can be genetic and it can ha- it can be involved in other factors. So really, 50% of happiness is gonna be genetic. 40% is inten- intentional activities, so things you specifically do in order to improve your well-being or to improve the amount of pleasure that you have. And 10% is life circumstances. So obviously, you have a good 60% here that are pretty much, that's pretty much out of your hands. So 50% genetic, obviously, if you have any kind of illness or genetic predisposition towards certain things, that can definitely affect your happiness. So depression, anxiety, any of those things that put you below the north of neutral line, as they call it. So picture a straight flat line and anything below that line, you're considered south of neutral. And that's going to be more of like a state of like, general unhappiness, depression, anxiety, any of those kind of mental disorders and things. And then above that neutral line is going to be more of like a content, you know, happy, like that kind of uh, state of well-being. And so we're talking here like if you have a genetic predisposition or if you have any of those life circumstances that are going to put you below that line, it's obviously, they obviously have an effect. But still, 40% is going to be those intentional activities and intentional things that you can do to improve your well-being. So to go into a little bit more of like how you can view happiness, there's essentially two views of it. So you have the hedonic view, which is more of along the lines of you want to maximize the amount of pleasure in your life and minimize the pain. And so when we're talking about this one, it's you're looking at like the general judgment of like the good things in your life and the bad things in your life. And so this is kind of about satisfaction and easy, not necessarily easy, I want to say, but like pleasure. It's a little bit more material. So like if I have a scoop of really good chocolate ice cream, that's going to increase my pleasure. It's going to make me happy. I'm happy in the hedonic way. So I'm happy for like that, I guess, faster, a little bit easier type of pleasure or something like that. And it doesn't mean that it's cheap. I want to say like hedonic, like happiness can be like, oh, you get a hug from like a really good friend or whatever. Like that's pleasure in that moment. It feels nice. Um, Just the one thing with that is that there's a thing called the hedonic treadmill. So 
we're constantly adapting and constantly changing in order to avoid overstimulation. And so when you look at hedonic happiness, what can happen is that if you're constantly seeking that kind of pleasure, you'll over time become a little bit numb to that type of pleasure and you'll constantly be seeking more things. So if you buy yourself a really nice house, and that's a little bit of hedonic pleasure because you know, you're know you spending that well-earned money and all that kind of stuff. You're getting that nice house, it's pleasure to look at, pleasure to live in, all that kind of stuff or whatever. Eventually you're gonna adapt to that level of having that thing and you're gonna want more. So there's nothing wrong with hedonic happiness whatsoever. And you know, those that type of happiness is important to life. Um, if you want to buy, you know, that sweater that makes you really happy because it's comfortable or something like that, then go right ahead. Um, I sure have plenty of things that are like this. Um, sometimes it's video games for me. I've just bought, um, I just have a new video game um, that I really like and that increases my happiness when I play it. Um, also, you know, more material things, maybe like books or something like that. If I want a specific book that I'd like to read, um, any of that kind of stuff, really, there's nothing wrong with it, like I said. And you know, I enjoy a good scoop of chocolate ice cream or anything like that. Um, definitely seek out that type of happiness and seek out that type of pleasure because it's maybe a little bit more achievable to some people and it depends a little bit on material wealth as well but in general with material wealth as well like it's not always that money's going to make you happier a lot um studies have actually found that once you reach a certain level of wealth where you can take care of your basic needs being a lot richer is not really going to change your level of overall happiness. So obviously, if it's a matter of like having food, shelter, water, any like clothing, any of that kind of stuff, and the money will get you uh, to the level of being able to have those things, then 100% money will make you happier. But past a certain point, money won't do much. But those things, seeking pleasure is a little bit easier than maybe looking for what I'm going to talk about next, which is eudaimonic happiness. Eudaimonic happiness is... It's like living well and having meaning in your life. So there's an emphasis on like your general well-being um, more than like seeking out pleasure. And it's results from, it like results from have, being engaged in your activities and having meaning in life and your potential. So what you really want to accomplish, your purpose in life and what you're after. And for this, it's, it seems a little bit more unachievable understandably but really it's if you want to create some more meaning in your life then a big thing for this is getting connected with other people so having positive um interpersonal relationships with others is a giant predictor of happiness um i experienced this a little bit when i first came to college because what was happening was that i was isolated from all of my friends they all were farther away we none of us go to the same college um I was isolated from them and I was having a little bit more difficulty connecting with people that were here. And I'm very fortunate because I live very close to home, um, which means that I still have those positive interpersonal connections that are nearby. But I was struggling a little bit with my, ha with my general happiness level because I didn't feel like I had a lot of close friends nearby. Luckily, what helped me with that personally is getting involved on campus and getting involved in clubs that I really enjoy. So there's three clubs that I'm a part of and all the people in those clubs are fantastic. Um, I love talking to them. Um, in one of my clubs, we usually go out for dinner after our practices. It's, 
it's generally just improved my well-being in school and it has increased my happiness and another thing that's like really important to your eudaimonic happiness is your goals and doing things that you're good at so with that doing things that you're good at increases your happiness because you feel competent and you feel like you're capable of certain things. So for me, eudaimonic happiness is when I go to work and I train someone at our job, like I know that I'm good at my job and being able to train someone else and teach someone else something that I'm also good at. It just generally makes me feel like a very capable person and it makes me feel like I have a lot of potential in that area. And also just pursuing my degree is another thing that like increases my eudaimonic happiness because I'm working towards a goal. So I'm working towards getting my degree and I'm working towards getting the job that I want, which requires the degree. And really making that progress, even if it's small, because in semesters seem a little bit small in comparison to your whole degree, I suppose. But just doing that kind of thing really improves my happiness. And maybe where I found the biggest change in how I approach happiness and like the tools that I use is in regard to emotions. So emotions can be a big thing because you can have positive and negative emotions. And I think a lot of people view happiness as like not having negative emotions. They don't want to feel these negative emotions. They think that if they are happy, you know, you'll never feel upset or angry or jealous or any of those kind of things. And that's just not true. Part of happiness is balancing out positive and negative emotions, the ratio that you technically want to have is going to be um, three to one for positive versus negative emotions. Um, but really, you know, listening to a sad song when you're sad can help you. And you don't have to deny your negative emotions in order to feel happy because in truth, pushing that kind of stuff down is what's going to make you unhappy. So just really... If I were going to give advice to anyone, I would say just embrace all of your emotions in general and look towards that and then also look towards, and when you have negative emotions, look towards your positive interpersonal relationships in order to help you out with that. And that's just a very, very brief overview kind of of what I wanted to talk about with happiness and what I think happiness is and how I've kind of approached it, especially with such a big change in college. Um... I think that's going to be it for today, but thank you so much for listening. This is Positive Psych for Positive Change.